Thank you for joining us for another episode of Pro Talk with ProTech. Today we get to meet top real estate agent Gabrielle Crow with TTR Sotheby's International Realty. It's so nice to meet you, Gabrielle. How are you doing today? I'm great. It's great to meet you too, Haley. Um, I'm feeling great. I actually, I just got married this past weekend. So it's oh. been, yeah, it's been <laughs> a great week. Yeah. Still kind of like riding um, like the highs from the day. So yeah, I'm doing great. <laughs> well, congratulations. I know it's like such a weird time to get married, but I'm happy to hear that. And I'm happy to hear that all your plans went at, accordingly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it was not what we had originally planned, but it was still filled with love and felt very magical. So yeah. we're happy. We were just like, we're not postponing this. Yeah. And that's <laughs> all that really matters. One way or another. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so just to kind of get things started, let's hear a little bit more about you. How long have you been in the real estate industry and how did you end up a real estate agent? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, it's funny, like, I feel like most people don't grow up wanting to be a real estate agent. Um, and I certainly didn't either. Uh, I went to college in DC and um, I graduated, I, I studied biomedical engineering and I decided to go into consulting right out of school. I got a job with a large consulting firm in DC and I was there for about five years. And um, I, it was just, at that moment, I really didn't want to keep pursuing the sort of like corporate track anymore. And I really just had this itch to be an entrepreneur. Um, so I left consulting and um, I got a job with a small consulting firm working remotely. And uh, it freed up a lot of my time. And I finally had an opportunity to really think about what I, I wanted to do. Um, and so I thought about like, what are the things that I really enjoy about my consulting job that I could, that could transfer over to another uh, industry or profession. And I'd realized I loved working with my clients one-on-one -on -one and listening to them, helping them solve problems. I just, I loved spending that time with them. Um, which makes sense. My love language is also quality time. So, uh, and then, um, uh, I also felt like my house is my sanctuary. And ever since I was a little girl, I remembered always enjoying going into people's homes. It's just such a personal space and really an honor when people invite you into their house. Um, and I thought like, I honestly think I'd be a really good real estate agent let me see what this takes. And at the end of the day, if I don't like it, um, I can always go back into consulting and I haven't looked back. I love it more than I even thought I would. Um, I've been in the business now for two and a half years um, and have sold well over 50 homes at this point. Um, and I just love it. It's, it's a career where it's unknown. Like, you can really do anything you want in real estate, whether you want to invest or grow a team or stay a solo agent or focus on one particular property. There's, there's no limit. And just having that freedom and at the same time, being able to help others realize this huge dream in their life. It's so fulfilling beyond what I thought it would be. And are you on a team or are you a solo agent? 
I'm a solo agent. Uh, when I first started out in the business, I, I asked myself the question, would I buy a house with me? <laughs> and to be honest, I couldn't answer the question. Um, so I thought, you know, let me, let me join a team first um, and learn as much as I can and absorb. I'm like a sponge. And I thought it would take me two years um, to, to get to that point where I felt comfortable um, going out on my own. You know, when you first get in the business, everyone sort of tells you like, oh, you won't make any money for a year. Like, you know, you really need to plan. And to be honest, at six months into to being a real estate agent, I, you know, most of my clients were my own. Um, and I had just felt like I'd outgrown the team model I was in. Um, and that sort of led me to make the decision to go off on my own. And I'm so glad I did it. It's been so rewarding that the people I work with, just everyone, it's like our values align and it's so much fun. Um, so yeah, yeah. I transitioned from a team uh, uh, maybe a year and a half ago. And why TTR Sotheby's? Uh, so many reasons. <laughs> um, I had interviewed at several other brokerages um, to learn as much as I could about them because it's, it's not very transparent um, you know, how each of the brokerages are set up. But um, I just felt, you know, without, you know, prior to my interview with Sotheby's, I had felt like the brand really aligned with my values and, and sort of the way I want to run my own business. Um, it's, it's a luxury brand. It's very well respected. It's been around for like 200 years. Um, and the quality of the agent is is just beyond. Um, they don't hire a lot. And I like that about them because they really hire smart. So although we may not have, you know, as many agents as you know, around the world as some other brokerages, all of the agents we have are good quality full-time agents. Um, and that resonated with me. Uh, it was funny because it's very hard to, to get into Sotheby's. Um, I, I just knew this was where I belong. And I thought if I can get the interview, I'll get in, but I need to just get someone to meet with me. And I literally called the DC offices like 11 times <laughs> to try to get someone to meet with me. And finally they did. Um, and it was an awesome meeting. I had met with one of the brokers the following week. I met with another broker and um, they extended me an offer to join. And I, I'm just so grateful. Um, the relationships I've made, it's, it can feel lonely sometimes being a solo agent, like we're running our business ourselves. Um, but thankfully the environment and the culture at Sotheby's is so collaborative that it, I don't feel alone. Like I, I can call a number of agents on my phone at any point in time and, and anyone is willing to help or collaborate or work together. And it's just, I love it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's very interesting. Cause I've heard actually, we've done a number of podcasts with other um, agents at TTR Sotheby's and they all kind of say the same thing. Like everybody always works together, no matter if you're on their team or not, it's just kind of a collaborative effort um, and everybody's willing to help each other. Totally. Yeah, exactly. Right. I love that. Um, and so what areas do you service? 
No, that's a great question. So I'm licensed in all three jurisdictions, DC, Maryland, and Virginia. I personally live in DC, um, but I've, I've never been one to sort of limit myself to just one area. Um, I'm sort of like a, what is it, like a Jill of all trades. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I've done, I've helped people buy or sell as far north as Annapolis um, and as far out as Ashburn in Virginia. Um, but I would say primarily most of my business, just based on my sphere, I'm 100% referral based. So just based on my, my clients and my sphere, most of my business is, is in in DC proper, um, throughout the city, uh, as well as Arlington County. Um, but I, I do work all over. It's really just a matter of the client and the personality and their values. And, you know, I sort of go with what feels right. And I, and I also at the same time really enjoy learning and collecting data about different, different neighborhoods across our area, because it can really be so different. Um, it's hard to just describe our market. Um, you really have to like drill down to a specific area oftentimes. Um, and it can depend on you know, whether it's a single family home or a row home or a condo. Um, so I just enjoy the variety. Um, I, yeah, I couldn't imagine just being an agent. I live in, in Capitol Hill. So I love Capitol Hill and I love helping people buy or sell here. It's it's always fun being able to walk to a listing appointment um, or help buyers. Uh, and at the same time, I get like so much fulfillment out of um, kind of being spread all over. Absolutely. Um, and so just for kind of a fun question, we always like to, you know, kick off um, our conversation this way, but what is one of the craziest things that you've seen in a home? Oh man. Uh, there's so many. <laughs> things oh that's tough uh I'm sure there's gonna be like one thing in your mind that like kind of stands out among some of the other things that you've seen I know just like being an agent you walk into all of these different homes there's gonna be like one thing that you're like okay that was pretty weird <laughs> yeah you know so I I'm just something that comes to mind recently I've been uh working a lot more with developers and mm -hmm. um we, I've done a lot of tours of teardown houses and you see some very interesting things. Uh, so recently I toured um, a teardown prior to the, the owner moving out and she had her entire house filled with thousands of dolls everywhere. Yeah. Um, you're like, get <laughs> out of here. <laughs> and thankfully dolls don't freak me out. Uh, if it were clowns, I would be scarred for life, but um, it didn't freak me out, but it's definitely something I'll never forget. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So I would say that's probably the weirdest and outside of like, you know, creepy basements or attics that to be honest, sometimes if I know the house is going to be torn down, I, I can't, I just can't look. <laughs> yeah I don't blame you but it's also like I always think of it uh like my grandma collects dolls and things like that but like not creepy dolls but I'm always I always like think about like what if you're alone in the house and you're like <laughs> getting the house ready to be shown or something and you're like just oh, looking you? around finding the dolls for the first time must be creepy <laughs> yes especially when anywhere you look they're staring at you yeah <laughs> Um, so if I am buying a home, what would you say would be the most important thing that I would need to know? 
That's a really great question. Um, I feel like most people would say budget, um, getting clear on that. But to be honest, the hardest part is finding a neighborhood that fits your vibe or your desires or how you want to live your life because, you know, your budget can, you can buy anywhere if you know your budget, but, um, especially in our city, you know, you can walk three blocks and it's a totally different feel. Um, so I always suggest to my clients when, if we first meet and they're like, you know, I really don't know where I want to live. I'll just say to them, like, you know, plan a Saturday afternoon, make it like a day date or something, grab a coffee and just go drive around, check out a bunch of neighborhoods um, and see what just feels right to you. Even if there's three of them, at least you're able to narrow it down. And you know that if you're looking in that neighborhood, you're going to enjoy living there. So yeah, I think above all is just getting location down um, because at the end of the day, you know, you can chain, make changes to your house, but you can't pick it up and move it somewhere else. So you, you have to be happy where you're living. Yeah. And that's a great point. I think that some people just get so caught up in the process that they forget like, Oh, a local coffee shop might be important to me. Let's check out some local parks and things like that. And just really, you know, exploring totally. an area. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so say I'm a seller, what would you say would be the most important thing that I would need to prepare for? Great question. Um, oh man, it's very, it can be tricky. Um, if you're a seller, I would say the most important thing to keep in mind, having an open mind, um, oftentimes sellers will first look at Zillow and, you know, see the Zestimate on there. Um, but what they, what they don't, show in large print on Zillow, it's in fine print, is that um, the variation of their estimates is plus or minus 10%. And that's a large number. If it's in, you know, $800,000 row home, that's a gap, a range of $160,000. So while I do think that's definitely a great place to start as a foundation, uh, being open to to um, suggestions from your real estate agent and picking an agent who you trust um, is really, really important um, because that ultimately can dictate whether your home sells quickly and for the highest price. So, you know, even though we're in a strong seller's market, it doesn't mean that every home sells in the first weekend. Um, I, I use the analogy of, uh, you know, if you, if you have a car and you want to sell it on Craigslist, you're not just for, for a premium, you're not just going to let it collect pollen in the street and take some photos with your iPhone and post it. You're probably going to, you know, spend a few hundred dollars and get it detailed and, you know, get photos on a beautiful day and then list it. And, you know, obviously it's going to sell for much more than it would otherwise. Yeah. So just kind of, you know, keeping an open mind going into selling your home that it's not just going to sell as is with your stack of bills on the counter. You really need to, you know, clean it up and, and prepare it for that. Right. Exactly. Absolutely. Um, so can you talk to me a little bit about what the current market is like? How would I know when the best time to buy or sell would be? Oh, I love this question. Um, I love when people ask me this because 
it's hard for me to really answer. I, I always say to my clients, the best time for you to buy or sell is, is really when, when you're ready um, from a, you know, there are parts of the year where it's more advantageous for a buyer or a seller. Um, so for example, if you're a buyer in today's market, it has been a wild year with COVID. <laughs> so it's really <laughs> been tough for buyers, to be honest, you know, most of this year. Um, with the exception of maybe March and April, but generally speaking, you know, if we're looking at 2021, um, you know, if you're a buyer looking for, you know, potentially getting a little bit better deal than you otherwise could, and I'm talking about maybe saving a, a percent or two more than you otherwise would, um, the best times for you to be looking are going to be uh, Thanksgiving through the end of the year, just because that's usually uh, it's a seasonal market. So usually that time of the year, people are traveling, they're away. Um, there's not as many buyers looking in the market. Uh, and the same thing in the summer months, kids are out of school, people are going on vacation with their families. There's not as many buyers in the market. Uh, but with that said, those are typically the months where not as many sellers are listing. So, because those aren't the hot months, um, uh, hot months for sellers to list are going to be spring and fall. So I always say to my clients, you know, if you're, you might be looking to get a little bit better deal and you may want to look in the, the slower months, but at the same time, your inventory might be limited. So if you want lots of options, maybe it makes sense for you to look when most sellers are going to be listing because you might be able to find your dream home then. And at the end of the day, you may pay slightly more than you otherwise would have, but you also are in this home that you love and are going to build memories in. So um, it's, it's hard to say exactly when it's really up to you and, and your preferences. Um, and then of course, if you're a seller, the best times to sell are going to be you know, spring season. So February through June in our markets, typically hot. Um, although this year it's been that from May to today, <laughs> in November. um, and then, uh, it's usually a little bit of a break in the summer and, and things will pick right back up Labor Day weekend, um, through pretty much, uh, Thanksgiving. Yeah, absolutely. This year has been crazy. We've, we've had some new people start over here at ProTech and I'm like, it's not always like this, like trying to explain <laughs> how it usually right? is. It's so true. Yes. I've never seen home inspectors as busy. I mean, it's normally, uh, steady and, you know, people are, have you know, normal busyness, but this year it's like, I have to yeah. really book in advance for inspections. There's no like one or two yeah. day in advance. <laughs> Definitely. And we're always like, you know, winters are slower months. And now it's like, we're getting big winter jackets for our inspectors, like preparing oh, them. Like you're going to be just as busy. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely different. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And so can you talk to me a little bit about how, you know, the current market um, or just the market in general continuously affects the value of my home? Yeah, no, great question. Um, that's really going to depend where you live. Um, if you're, you know, in, in DC, if you're relatively close or within walking distance to a Metro, you know, we continuously have seen property values appreciate steadily for the last 10 years. Um, and then there are parts of, you know, Virginia, 
especially close to the metro, you see, you see similar uh, statistics and data. Um, and uh, yeah, I would, it, it's hard to pinpoint um, exactly how a single home has been affected um, without you know, really looking at that particular neighborhood and your house exactly relative to other homes, um, right? Like if you're in a neighborhood like let's say H Street um, in DC, which is which is pretty close to where I live, um, you'll notice that over the last maybe five six years, there's been so much new construction. Um, so if your house, you know, if you're a house that hasn't been updated for 50 years, at a certain point, you know, you don't want to be the least attractive home on the street because that will, that will hurt your value. Um, so it really is a matter of, you know, to be honest, just the exact location of your home, that neighborhood and looking at, at um, the trends of that, that area. Absolutely. That's an uh, interesting point um, because I've actually never thought about it that way. If you're closer to the metro, your house is going to be more sought after um, for people living in D.C. and things like that. So the value of your home would be going up. Um, whereas if you're an older home in a neighborhood, your value might be going down until you do those upgrades um, and, and kind of get your house uh, at the same par as everybody else. Totally. It's like, you don't want to be the nicest house, but you also don't want to be the, the least nice house. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, so obviously with real estate, there's a ton of different moving pieces, but what would you say would be your favorite thing about the industry? Uh, yeah, I, it's tough to pick one. I have two. Uh, the first would be people. Uh, I'm such a people person. Um, and being able to help others, uh, sort of like my mission statement is helping people get from the life they have to the life they want. And it's something that I really try to carry out uh, throughout my life sort of broadly and not, not just in my profession. So I do a lot of work volunteering in the community. Um, in particular, I, I love working with N Street Village. It's a, a women's center in, in DC. Um, and just helping people get to this better place where they want to be or achieve goals. So I get to do that not only in my personal life, but also in my career. And that's so fulfilling. Um, it's like, there's nothing more personal than your home. Like it's where you raise a family and build memories. And it's just such a personal thing. And I'm I love being a part of that process for people. And second, um, I love, and I think I touched on this earlier, the, that there's no limit. Um, I don't know where I'm going to end up in my career in 10 years, um, but I know it's gonna be exciting and I'm going to enjoy the journey. And I have so many options along the way to kind of guide me throughout. And I'm honestly excited to see which path I, kind of end up on because, uh, it could be anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love that kind of combining, you know, your personal passions with your pro professional passions. Um, and just every day it's like, you're not going to work because you're doing something that you truly love. Totally. Yes. That's the best feeling ever when you can pinpoint, you know, sort of how you methods or strategies for growing your business that genuinely, it doesn't feel like you're working and, and, 
that's, that's the best. Yeah, absolutely. And do you prefer working with buyers or sellers? Do you have a preference? Um, it's tough to say. I, for me, I, I invest more in that person and sort of their goals. Like there are sellers where, you know, I, I had never met them before and we've become such close friends. Even within a year, I invited them to my wedding. Um, and same thing with buyers. It's like, you know, I've been at the settlement table with buyers who have shared with me such, um, like difficult journeys leading up to just being able to purchase a house on their own. And when they finally do it, it's so emotional and we're sitting at the table crying together in happiness. Um, so I feel like a lot of agents say don't get emotionally invested, but it's very hard for me not to. Um, yeah, I, I don't really have a preference. It's really, um, I really try to focus on my client's mission and, and also keeping it fun because, you know, this should be fun. Like you're, you're buying or selling a home and, and it doesn't have to be, you know, just boring and all about the numbers. It can also be a fun experience and process while you know obtaining whatever your goal is. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love that too. And I think that it's okay to get, you know, in, emotionally invested because people want somebody who's going to understand their struggles, help them through their struggles and just kind of be there for them on not only a professional level, but sometimes they just need you, you know, and, and that's just. Yeah, that totally. And then you're, you grow onward. Like you each support each other, even beyond just a house sale. And that's like, that's just such a cool part. I mean, I went from being in consulting where my, the only people I knew and networked with were other consultants. And now my like Rolodex of people, it's so broad and it's so cool because I can also be that person to connect others because I know so many people in different industries and it's so fulfilling when someone comes to me, you know, I'm thinking of changing jobs. I don't know anyone in this industry. And I can say like, Oh, I actually know someone I helped them sell their home and I can totally reach out and connect you all. Um, and so just being able to help people from that aspect is, is also super fulfilling. Yeah, definitely have kind of growing your network, um, also helping people um, and being able to go back to those people and be like, hey, I helped you. Can you help me out? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Helping yourself by helping others. <laughs> yeah. And it must be so fulfilling too for especially first time home buyers. You get to watch them, you know, kind of grow their family, you know. Uh, kind oh, of totally. Yeah, yeah. They have so many like dreams and visions for how they want their life to be. Yeah. And like, being able to buy their first house, it's like, it's a lot of money uh, and a big commitment. So definitely it's first time home buyers. It's, it's super exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's kind of switch gears here um, and kind of talk about a really challenging time for you and how you overcame that. And that can be personally or professionally. Um, yeah, I, I would say the transition from consulting to real estate was probably one of, if not like the hardest thing I've, I've ever gone through. Mm. I was, um, in, in consulting and, um, excelled every year was promoted, you know, any, every time I was up for promotion, I got it. And I, had I stayed in it, I would have 
had a successful career and, you know, would have lived a good life. But I just got um, caught up in a situation where I ended up being wrongfully terminated and um, I couldn't do anything about it because I was an at-will employee, which is really how I learned about what an at-will employee means. Um, but this is what you sign up for when you join uh, in consulting. So really, you can be fired for anything. They don't need evidence, um, whether you give it to them or not. They can just fire you, you know, without cause. Mm-hmm. Um, so that totally like flipped my life upside down because I wasn't happy there. And I, I really didn't want to um, continue being there. But at the same time, I dedicated my whole life to that job and was very loyal and really had no time to think about what else I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And it was tough because I didn't understand what and why. Um, but that led me to actually have the time to think about what I wanted to really do in my, with my life to like force my, you know, before that I was thinking you know, I could go to business school Um, and then transition to another career. And I wasn't sure if I wanted to move across the country and do that. Mm -hmm. Um, But once I got fired, I was like, well, this sort of messes with my school to get or my my story to get into business school. So what else can I do? Um, And that's what led me to want to try real estate. And I when I when I tell people this story, it, it really is the most difficult thing I've probably been through and also the best thing that's ever happened to me because otherwise I definitely wouldn't have um, pivoted to this career path um, and industry. I probably would have been too scared (laughs) and, uh, and it's a lot of work to get started. Um, But at the same time, this has been, I'm so happy. Like I, I can't imagine not being in real estate. Like I want to do this for the rest of my life. Um, And so, yeah, I'm very grateful that that happened to me because I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today if not. Yeah. Isn't it kind of crazy how things like that happen too? Like you're like, I loved consulting. I want to stay consulting forever. And then something happens and you're like, wait a second. I just found my passion because I got fired, you know? (laughs) Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I joke that it was like the universe giving me that swift kick out the door because I wasn't making moves on my own. (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes we need that though. Sometimes we need that kind of push and I'm happy that you found something that, you know, you're really passionate about. Um, I can tell that you absolutely love it. And so I'm really happy that you kind of, not that you got fired, but happy that you had (laughs) to make that leap. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It took getting fired to do it, but that's okay. (laughs) Yeah. That's okay. You got there. Yeah. Um, so can you tell me something, um, like a biggest, your biggest life achievement, something that you're really passionate about? I know you said you're passionate about helping others and, um, and kind of, you know, you work with the women's, um, group in DC, but is there, is there anything else you can think of? Um, I would say biggest achievement, this might be cheesy, but I, I just got married this, this weekend and I feel like getting married is probably the biggest achievement of my life. Uh, (laughs) yeah, it's weird. Like it's not something that I had thought about like checking off on a box or was like a life goal or anything, but, um, just, you know, sort of solidifying being with this 
partner for the rest of your life, it's like so exciting because this is the person who's going to motivate you and support you and like help you grow. Um, and like what an accomplishment that's so cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'd say, um, also maybe taking the risk and going out on my own and being an agent because, uh, my whole family and even my husband, um, they've, I don't know many people who have in my family who have been entrepreneurs and it's the most exciting thing and the most terrifying thing at the same time, because you could succeed or you could totally fail. Um, Mm -hmm. and it was pretty bold and scary for me to just choose this path that really stressed out a lot of people who loved me at the time because they also like didn't want to see me fail either. Mm -hmm. Um, and at the same time, like totally supported me too. Um, so I think really getting to a point where my business is booming and I'm happy and it's just such a, a 180 from where I was five years ago. Um, that has been just a big accomplishment. Definitely. And I love both of those answers. I love that you said, you know, like getting married was not necessarily something that you had to check off your list. Like I know a lot of people are like, oh, I'm going to be married by the time I'm 25. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I love that about you. I love that, you know, you kind of have these goals, but also it's not like you have like a checklist and that you were like, oh, I have to get married right now. It's just something that was right for you, worked out and you have your support system. And I love that. Totally. Thanks. Um, and so tell me something most people don't know about you. Do you have any hobbies or fun facts? Um, I was born in Alaska. Oh my goodness. (laughs) I actually just went there. Oh, how awesome. Actually, I don't remember much because I lived there as a baby. So it's, it's like a goal of mine at some point to get back there. Where in Alaska? I was born in Anchorage. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I uh, actually drove there pre-COVID. Um, I drove across the country and drove to Alaska and it was definitely life-changing for me. <laughs> that is such a cool thing. Oh my gosh. I'm going to consider that at some point. <laughs> my yeah, definitely. You have a to trip to San Diego, but I didn't even think about Alaska. That would have been cool. Yeah. It was um, fun. You go from, we went from Glacier in Montana and then we went to Fairbanks and then Anchorage and then back uh, to the United States. And so, oh, well, United States is Alaska, but um, you know what I mean? And it's yeah. like three days, I think, to drive the Alaska highway. So you definitely, I recommend everybody do it. It was definitely like changing. So cool. Oh my gosh. I'm adding this to my list. Yeah. Um, you can reach out to me uh, after the podcast and I'll give you, you know, some pointers, but I it was totally great. will. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah. So I think, um, yeah, I was born in Alaska and my parents were in the military growing up. So we moved around every three years. Um, and most people don't know that about me. And I also played sports competitively, even through college. So, um, yeah, most people, when they meet me, they don't think I'm athletic, (laughs) but I'm actually a big athlete. I can get into any sport and, um, and I'm super competitive. Would you say that you took that kind of competitive nature into your uh, position in real estate, or would you say that that's kind of something that you take out of real estate? That's so funny. I've, I've learned over the last year, like my 
it's tough because in real estate, you, you can think that you're competing with other agents, but I found that that's so unhealthy to compare yourself to others. Like at the end of the day, I have to be proud of what I've accomplished. Um, which is sort of why I had to come up with that mission statement of helping um, people get from the life they have to the life they want. And if I can focus on that, then I'm proud of my work. Um, so I have to fight my competitive edge, but it, it just is who I am. And at the same time, um, so yes, it's a part of, of me being an agent. And at the same time, I have to fight to not be too extreme with it because the second you start to compare yourself to agents who have been doing this for 10, 20, 30 years, it's like, stop, like, look at all you've accomplished. Look at all that you have ahead of you. You will get there. Um, and you just have to stay positive and have the right mindset. So it's like this balance of like healthy competition, um, like for yourself and like, you know, getting rid of the extreme version of it. And it also probably helps too that a lot of your business comes from referrals, you said. So it probably helps that, you know, they're choosing you to be their agent. It's not like you're competing against five different agents. It's like they really want you to be their agent. Totally. Um, And I found that having a competitive outlet is healthy. So I've gotten into playing tennis. Like I really do like winning. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> selfishly um, who doesn't like in COVID my uh husband and I got into playing video games for a little bit and I think I had bought like some board games and the two of us were like we just we just cannot play this because we both get way too competitive and it's it's just not good <laughs> <laughs> do you have a favorite video game that you've been playing I do actually uh it's I played it when I was a kid but I'm super into Crash Bandicoot yeah so cheesy I like bought a Nintendo Switch and everything my best friend just stayed with me for my wedding and she's like you have a Nintendo Switch I'm like yeah it was a COVID impulse buy (laughs) we all have one of those or a few of those (laughs) um so are you currently reading any books or listening to any podcasts how do you gain your knowledge um I am a like self-help, uh, self-improvement junkie. I only read nonfiction, um, which I try to read fiction. Like my mother-in-law will send me fiction books and I just never get to them because I can't, I feel like if I'm not reading something to like grow, then I'm missing out. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm lately, I've been really into, uh, Brene Brown. Um, I, I've read her stuff years ago, but, um, really I read recently power of vulnerability. Um, and you know, she talks a lot about what shame feels like and how to, how to live a life without shame and how to support others when you see shame. Um, that's been like very inspiring to say the least. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I'm also really into reading like Wired magazine um, because I studied engineering and I'm really sort of a nerd at heart. Um, so I still like to stay in the know on all that sort of stuff. 
Yeah, it's funny. I actually still read that magazine. I used to do um, marketing for a high tech company. And so people are like, why are you reading this? I'm like, I just want to know. It's such a great (laughs) magazine. (laughs) Yeah, but it really is. It really is like one of my top fives and I get it sent to my house. So, (laughs) oh, I love that. Yes. So good. (laughs) Yeah, it is. Um, and I know you said it's kind of hard for you to plan. You don't know where you'll be in the next 10 years. Um, but do you, where do you see yourself in the next five years? Do you have any long-term goals? Yeah, I definitely have a vision. Um, I think in the next year, my goal is to begin to grow. Um, like I, and I think I mentioned before, real estate can be lonely when you're a solo agent. And when I was in consulting, I was running a 10 person team and, and I do better and others do better um, in that environment. Like it, it's so fulfilling for me to, um, again, like help others grow because I feel like if I can help those who work around me grow, then I myself am just growing also. Um, so I really have started to talk with people and sort of get the wheels spinning on starting my own team. Um, and kind of growing more in the new development, new construction space. Um, it's something I, I love doing, whether it's, you know, a completely new development, you know, working with a, a large developer or um, smaller scale, helping connect my clients to, with developers to source a teardown and then build their dream home. Um, I love that. There's like this creativity in the process. Um, and so... I'd love to be able to grow a team where I can help others succeed. And at the same time, I can focus my energy on the parts of this business that I really love too. Absolutely. Um, and so let's say that I'm your next perspective client. Why should I call you? I am not your typical real estate agent. <laughs> um, it is fun with me and it should be. And, um, I genuinely love hearing people's wants and needs and understanding how I can help connect them with a the product. At the end of the day, I don't see my, I'm, I'm not selling anyone anything. Um, you know, it's really through listening and understanding what you're looking for. My job is to connect you with that product and advocate, negotiate, and work with you through the process of either buying or selling um, as sort of the expert in, in that area. Um, so yeah, at the end of the day, it's, it's, I'm someone who's, again, I don't work nine to five. I'm always working. Um, anyone who's worked with me knows that. Um, and, uh, I love, while I love helping people, I love negotiating. And like I said, that competitiveness (laughs) comes in and it's really nice to win a good negotiation. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, like you were saying before, that personal aspect, you always, you know, kind of share that personal, um, I guess, investment as well. So I think a lot of people will probably like that as well. Um, So tell everybody how they can reach you, phone number, email, social media handles, things like that. Yeah, my Instagram handle is DC Luxury Living. And you can also find me. I'm very active on Facebook at, you can search for Gabrielle Crow. Um, and then my cell is 202-480-1435. 
Well, perfect. Thank you so much, Gabrielle. It was so nice, uh, you know, getting to know your story, um, kind of getting that out there. And I hope that everybody can find this valuable. Thank you, Haley. This was so wonderful. Yeah, absolutely.